0: Hey, this is Keelan from the North Shore of Boston in Danvers, Massachusetts. Originally from upstate New York, and when I married in, I was forced to convert from a Yankees fan to a Red Sox fan. Very glad I did. And you are listening to Outlander Cast with Mary Ann Blake. Slash of All the way from Cranston, Rhode Island, welcome to Outlander Cast. It's a podcast dedicated to the show Outlander on Stars. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host Mary Larson.
1: My name is Blake, and I have never been so proud of a listener in my life. Never, not once. That Keelan, you're my girl. You're my girl. <laughs> I know, I know you're from New York, and I get it. But you moved to the North Shore, you moved to Danvers, and you converted to a, to be a Red Sox fan. I love it. Just say say it with me now. Yankees suck. That's how it goes. <laughs> I love it. Well, before we
0: begin, we wanted to let you know that episode 97, that's right, ninety-seven, ninety-seven 97 of Outlander Cast is brought to you by MinuteWithMary.com. It's a place of discovering the best makeup and skincare products while uncovering your confidence as a woman.
1: Yes, ma'am. And
0: I'm Mary. So Minute With Mary is about me. You can search the hashtag MinuteWithMary on Facebook or Instagram and you're going to see a whole bunch of fun things. Enjoy my little
1: group. So I got some great stuff there for
0: you. So once again, hashtag Minute with Mary.
1: Well, my love, uh, we are doing this episode of listener feedback. We did not have one last week because we had the interview with Steve McNutt. Yeah, and um, I again p- very proud of that interview. I've been touting it all week, all, going going crazy with it. Because, As you should, because I feel like it, that interview does deserve that kind of uh, that kind of attention. Just to uh, get back to everybody on what you feel about this episode. The latest one. Whiskey. I'm sorry. Freedom in whiskey. My darling. How did you end up feeling about it now that you've watched it 12 million times?
0: 12 million times? 12 million. I still love it. I love it so (laughs) much. There is just so much to love. Not about just this episode, but this season. Mm -hmm. You know, we're five in. Five is my favorite number. Not going to lie. It's my favorite number in the world. (laughs) And, you know, I just, I feel, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. I feel like we're on solid ground. Right. And I'm glad to be back in Scotland.
1: Uh, Me too. Not going to lie. The show, and I I think we learned this from last season and part of this season too. The show is at its most comfortable, in my opinion, in Scotland. Mm -hmm. It's at its most beautiful in Scotland. Yeah. Uh And you know, I had a hard time with them trying to pass you know Scotland off as Boston. I just i <laughs> yes had a hard time with that, yeah, uh, and if you notice they didn't do a whole ton of outside shots, they only did you know very few you know just like the street in front of the house mm-hmm. and that one park area that was yep. it, and then they had a couple of Harvard shots that were not hobbed whatsoever, so <laughs> uh you know I mean it is what it is, other than that, the show is definitely at its most comfortable in Scotland, and let's be honest. The show is at its most comfortable and at its best when Claire and Jamie are together. Yes. Having those two together is where its strength lays because that's where the most chemistry is. They built the show on the shoulders of these two. Mm -hmm. Now, while I thought it was the, the stories that were being told... During the first half of this season, were worthy of our time, especially the Frank one and in his relationship with Claire. And you know, at the end there too with with Roger and Bree, I really do feel like we're we're finally starting to get where we're supposed to be here. We're, we're finally starting. We're again. You've built the show on the shoulders of Claire. I'm sorry, uh, yeah, of Claire and Jamie. Now let's continue on with it. It was great to go off in this little tangent, have this little side road. Had a lot of fun. I frank, you know how I feel, mm-hmm. but it's time to move on. It's time. And, I, and I'm glad we're there. I'm I'm I, glad we just, we've turned the corner.
0: I I I smiled so much during this episode, not just those last few minutes, you know? I think sure. um these extra extra characters that were we're learning to love and have been loving for a while if you've been a book reader like myself, it's it's it was a great episode for them as well. So, I had a blast.
1: So, you've heard a lot about what we had to say. Now it is the turn that I Give to you, the listener. Because it's-
0: that's what we love. We love that Outlander isn't just something that we love, it's something that people around the world love.
1: You ready to get into it? Yes.
0: Let's, Let's- get to the listener feedback. Let's do it. All right. I.D. on the website wrote in: Blake Willie is not the love child of Jamie and Geneva. Really bad, Blake.
1: I agree. That was poor, love child. Poor phrasing yeah, on yeah, my yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. You know what I meant? Like the, I this, the, the child that was born out of this one lusting night, one night stand,
2: blackmail, love child you know. probably
1: wasn't wasn't no. the the right. Thank choice you, Lyd. <laughs>
0: Thank you,
1: Char. On the website says uh, Claire uh, doesn't have gray roots, Mary. She has a few streaks, which are quite attractive in uh, Char's.
0: No, I agree, Char. I think the streaks were were attractive. I'm saying she's gonna be having some gray roots. She's gonna.
1: Oh yeah, and we
0: unless get- she got the semi permanent, where we'll just all play. I mean, I'm interested to see. Okay, did she do permanent? Are we gonna see <laughs> gray roots, or did she choose to do the twenty one wash? Gradually grow out, and then she'll have the gray streaks. You know how back we had in. like,
1: you know how we had like Claire Watch in the beginning. You know of when everybody was like when the show was being made, and they were like, who Who are we gonna Who's get? Who's gonna Claire? be it. Who's gonna be Claire? We should have Root Watch.
0: Root Watch. Hashtag <laughs> it.
1: Hashtag Root Watch.
0: You know Claire probably was researching what kind of berries and uh, clay she can make. A, her own little Clairol <laughs> with all of her little stuff so I'm on Root Watch I don't think the roots are going to come back but that's what I meant because it, it depends if she did permanent we're going to have some roots mm-hmm. if she did semi-permanent we may not on Facebook Claire McCarthy wrote OK Blake I'm a show watcher and after listening to your podcast I have a new outlandish theory about the bones What do you got, Claire? Claire commented in the episode thread in the surgery scene that Joe was looking at Claire with incredulity. What? Incredulity. incredulity. You know what? Yes. (laughs) That word. (laughs) Then shifts to something more like admiration when she fished out the necrotic tissue that apparently any other doctor would miss. I also felt he was testing Claire in some way when he laid the bones on the table. Like he was trying to confirm that she has some kind of superpower. Of note in this Bones scene is the music The Apothecary, which I think of Master Raymond's music. I couldn't piece it together and figured we'd eventually find out how Claire knew so much about that skeleton. But then Kendra dropped the most intriguing tidbit in the podcast that in the book, Claire was known to be able to touch her patients and instinctively sense their ailments. Who else do we know in Outlander who can do that? Oh, Master Amon! He healed Claire and Faith back in season two by seeming to somehow just know what the problem was and being willing to be able to get up all up in our business to fix it. So quoting his music here is a huge hint that this is much more than a murder mystery. Who the bones belong to may not really be that important. What does matter is that Claire has an extraordinary ability that goes beyond simply being an excellent surgeon to the point where Joe is digging to figure it out. I also suspect that suspected that back in season 2 that Master Raymond is a time time traveler, time travel. time traveler as <laughs> and I still do. So my outlandish theory is that either A whatever uh whatever it is that confers an ability in some people to pass through the stones also confers a sort of extrasensory perception in which both Claire and Master Raymond possess, or B, Claire is somehow related
3: to Master Raymond, and she
0: inherited her ability to sense disease. I don't think we've seen the last of Master Raymond back in Season 2, and I think even more now that he will make another
1: appearance. I totally agree. Great call. She needs to mark me. And you know what?
0: Claire needs a mark me.
1: Mark me.
2: Please hang up and try again.
1: Listen, listen. Here we go. Okay, I I really didn't touch upon this in the last episode, and it's because I'm kind of dumb that I, I that I didn't. But what the heck with Claire just being able to touch people and know what is she magneto like? So suddenly she was she's Liam Neeson killing wolves and now she's Magneto you know he- healing people like is, is clear a mutant just tell me the truth I I, I I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna say interesting I'm okay with just that spoiler. say interesting and look away <laughs> all right Melissa Blanco Lorenzo says Blake I took issue with your comments on the lack of Breeze working through the conflict of letting her mother go and viewed it through the lens of your own parent. I think you are viewing it through your own emotional lens, not saying that meanly, but in your own admission on how you are an emotive person. Bree is not that. Bree is a lot like myself. You're going to see my conflict in making a decision if I believe that it is the right decision no matter how I feel personally about it. Even in the midst of grief, people are not going to see it because it's personal. The more I care about something, the less I express about it. To onlookers, it looks like I'm a cold person when there's a whole lot going on underneath example my dad's funeral happened last year and she says that she's a daddy's girl we would spend hours on the phone together jumping from emotional conflict to mundane it's how i process i touch on the emotion then i step away and come back to grab another piece but only my mother during the funeral knew only she knew how deeply my loss was for me and knew what i needed to get through the day The only other people who would know my tells, in quotes, would be my grandmother and my best friend. Compared to my sister, who is very emotive, I look positively statuesque. And there are some cousins who were offended by it. Anyway, it portends good things that Brie took the moment after her mother leaving and before her moment in the kitchen to allow Roger into her vulnerability. I I don't think I'm commenting necessarily, Melissa, on Brie's vulnerability. I'm looking at it from just... The, the show perspective, I feel like, I just feel like um, Brie absolved Claire of any guilt, which made this decision a lot easier for Claire. And because it makes it a lot easier for Claire, there's just no, there's not a lot of emotional weight to the decision. It just, it is what it is. It best serves Claire that she leave. And Brie, by just being so eager to let Claire go, facilitates that. And that's what I was saying. We actually, <laughs> we actually had this conversation last night uh, with my wife. My darling, would you care to set up this situation? You know what I'm talking about with Felicity last night. What do you mean? The conversation that she had, she had two choices and she had to make a hard choice. Yeah. Okay, so can you set this up, please? So
0: Felicity's been crawling out of her crib. She's been up all night partying like a rock star. She's driving us crazy. And, um, she had the choice to stay downstairs with mama
1: and watch fuller house watch Fuller
0: House because I didn't realize season three already came out or go upstairs and get chocolate milk with daddy
1: and then go to sleep. Yeah. Couldn't come back downstairs. So I looked at Mary, I said, Oh, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Felicity needed some chocolate milk, but yep. she also wanted to watch some fuller house. Okay. Two viable da, da, options. Da, da,
0: da,
1: da. <laughs> two viable options. Neither was wrong, nor are they right. It just is what it is. And, and she had to make a choice. One of them was get chocolate milk, but lose out on Fuller House. Or stay in Fuller House, but lose out on chocolate milk. And that is well, what I'm talking about.
0: She should just freaking be in bed. In bed. She's and two. that is what
1: I'm talking about for Claire. It just felt like she got both things. She was able to be absolved by Brie and still go go see Jamie and Felicity admittedly had a really hard time and I looked at her and I looked at Mary I said this is what I'm talking about and this is what Claire needed to do
0: I just shook my hand I said you know nothing Jon Snow
1: oh wait 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 hold on
4: you know nothing John
0: Snow Mitzi Swisher wrote in last minute or so of the episode gets a full-on perfect five kilts the rest of the episode gets two kilts
1: Oh, geez. It
0: mostly felt like a boring episode of a daytime soap opera. People just talking to each other and drinking a lot. I'm actually kind of shocked there aren't more people complaining, though I do see a couple who seem to feel as I do. So I guess I'm not completely crazy. Good. I liked Roger a bit more than I have in previous episodes. The bad was the encounter with Sandy. I felt like it was put there to make Claire look bad again. Which we haven't had enough of in this season, I guess? I'm over it. I wish they could have cut that out completely and given us a scene of the stones instead. That puddle transition had me yelling at the TV and the great was the print shop, of course. Specifically, Jamie. Perfection.
1: Janet Riley Curley says, Three kilts? Meh. After all the plot structures being crammed into recent episodes, I found this one boring until the last few minutes. And even then... I didn't feel much when I saw the reaction on Jamie's face. I was expecting a locking of widened eyes, an exaggerated intake of breath, and more electricity. The scene was anti climactic, and we deserved all that they had to give, and it felt short. Yes, there is a focus on relationships between Claire and Brianna and Brianna and Roger, but for 50 minutes, I was wanting more. Batman may have been an inside illusion. Funny to the writers, but it missed the boat. In the scene I also kept waiting for Claire to reveal her secret to Joe. And the puddle and stepping out of the cabin the coach was well done, but as much as I am obsessed with Outlander, this episode fell Flat.
0: You know who also felt that way was Kathy Haveman. She said, oh, the worst episode since most of season two. How could anyone who has read the books enjoy this episode? Just about every scene was unnecessary filler, almost as if they had an empty time slot and decided to cut and paste an hour of disjointed scenes just to continue hyping the next episode. That overly long surgical scene, why? You know what, Kathy? I will agree with you on that scene. (laughs) I still can't watch it. I've watched it a whole million times. I still can't watch it. The bones that no one who hasn't read the books will understand in that classroom scene? None of this had any real relevance in the story. And why change the location from Scotland to Boston? It made no sense at all. I can't believe this episode was written by the same person who wrote last week's overwhelmingly
1: wonderful episode. I I think this just shows you that we loved this episode, and so far...
0: No, it's half and half. It is amazing. That's
1: right. I'm saying, like, it, it shows you, I guess, what you're looking for when you're watching Outlander. It shows you how... People watch television differently. We loved it, but we did not like last last week's. I still liked it. I still gave it a four. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. That's <laughs> that's a, that's a valid point. Uh, uh, let me rephrase. You didn't like it as much. Correct. So there you go. I think that's that's more of a. <laughs> valid you don't like statement. this episode
0: a lot. Was Rebecca killed? Patrick Curlett. She said this was probably her favorite in the adaptation so far this season. Wow. She was on her way to rating this the first five kills of the season before the Batman music. So, 4.8. The good was getting more time with Joe and Claire's friendship. The bad was Batman music and Claire sewing the dress herself. The great was finally seeing Jamie after the whole episode in 1968. So happy that we got that. I thought they would cut off at the door. She said, you can't wait. She can't wait two weeks until the next episode. And Rebecca, I'm right there with you. That
1: that is a reminder, by the way, there is no new episode next Sunday mm or this coming Sunday. Okay. No new episode there is only uh, a, there's a break of one week, and then the next print shot episode, three hundred six. And once happening.
0: again, if you're in the Rhode Island area, Boston, Connecticut, we're having a meetup on Sunday night at six thirty p.m. That's right in Rhode Island because we can't watch Outlander, so let's have a dram together. All right, couple more kilt ratings, Jessica, Jessica Sigul. Sipult. 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 There you go. Gave the first kilt rating in Gbg. i on Burgundy. Hey, she needs a ding. This is her first time.
1: <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh.
0: She just started listening to this this season. She just started listening to the podcast. That a girl? Yay, Jessica. Four point seventy five kilts. Look at that. She went down to the point zero five. She added the extra little bit to give it a, a boost up. <laughs> 4.75, I like it.
3: Math. The, good, <laughs> math. the good
0: was I'm finally buying what Sophie is selling. Loved Roger and Brie in this episode, the bad candy sandy. we to ruin any romantic notion I had about Frank's affairs being cover for secret agent type work. <laughs> <laughs> and her great was the last minute. She goes in and we get more. They actually see each other. That was a fantastic surprise I wasn't expecting. Sam and Kat are both brilliant here. And that graceful fate to the floor or that was enough to bolster me up for the next two weeks.
1: Jessica, just for that bad.
3: Just like that. A winner.
1: Love it. Love it. Ruth Pullman says, besides the wedding, best episode of all time. All time. The best episode. Wow. Five kilts. It didn't follow the book with the Boston and stuff, but I did not care. So much quality. Ten kilts, no bad, and the good was Claire and Brianna. Best was what we saw, Jamie see Claire, Yes, and it was all I had hoped for. I'm still flying high. Amen. We got some emails here. This one comes from uh, da- Dani, and she's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. She says, this is my first time giving a review. Yay! I am nervous. that a girl? Now, I will say that she did review last week's episode. That, that was what this email is about. But I wanted to include it because this is that was her first review, and I wanted to give her a shout out. And yes. it's not necessarily pertinent to this week's listener feedback, but she does say one thing. Tell me. She wanted us to play because she loves it so much. You want to know what she wanted us to play? Please. You're a wizard,
0: Harry. Oh, Danny.
1: And and you know she also wanted us to play one other thing too. Do it. Because again, she loves it that much. Welcome to Jurassic
0: Park. Danny, are we soul sisters? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for writing in. Write in again and we promise we'll get your comment on in the future. All right, Denise wrote in. From Bellingham, Washington, which uh, she's told has a similar terrain and weather as Scotland. So she's feeling the Scotland vibes and wanted to look out her window to the rain and lush green mountains. She gave this episode a 4.8 kilt rating. Loved loved some of the quirkiness like the vintage Batman song as she designed, but struggled with the conversation at Harvard. That felt misplaced and a bit forced, but the rest of the episode... Had Denise's heart. The she, GBG. Denise and I
1: are soul sisters here too.
0: Right? Look at us. So you our got soul Danny and emailers. I got Denise. I love it. The good was Roger's <laughs> ability to be such a calming energy for both Claire and Bree. Mm-hmm. I appreciated his ability to be compassionate to Claire's fear based reaction regarding him finding Jamie. He was patient, as if he knew she would come around to what a wonderful thing this was, but on her own time. He is the same with Bree. He seems to offer help and give it to them without expectation. And in a turn, that inspires both Claire and Bree to open up and feel safe with him. I really love his place in the show, but especially in this episode. Her bad was I wanted so badly for Claire to pour a drink for her BFF Joe in their office and tell him the whole story so that in the future, he wouldn't feel so abandoned by her disappearance or worry or look for her. Eventually, somebody will have to tell him, right? Ah, well, I know it's not in the books, and wouldn't that have been so good for him to learn the truth and witness his reaction? I just felt like a friendship that was so close for over the, all these years, he would have known more. Hold so, on, time hold on. before
1: Before we go forward... What? Before we go forward, yeah. I do want to say this. She did tell him the truth from a certain point of view. I mean, we're going to go all Star Wars here. She did tell him she was going to Scotland and it was about the guy. I mean, she didn't say I'm leaving right now, but she did say I'm thinking about giving it another go.
0: She just missed the time traveling part. Yeah, but does, does he really need to know that? You know, I feel like Joe doesn't. I feel I, like Joe would be like, all okay. right. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Pass me a dram. The great, in Denise's opinion, is the moment when Claire and Jamie meet eyes for the first time in 20 years and us witnessing the slow elevation of emotion. It felt so pure and so deep right before he fainted with when a myriad of emotions were pr- <laughs> portrayed in both of their eyes for just a few seconds, but it felt as if it was slow motion. It was so powerful and the extraordinary acting on their part. So two more weeks is going to feel so long in the meantime. She's devouring the interview with Stephen McNutt taking notes and loving it. She too is a cinematography nerd. So thank you for that, says Denise. Ayo, So say we all. Meredith wrote in. You want to read Meredith?
1: Yes, of course. I will not deny that this is a filler episode, but it was a well-made one. I'd give it 4.5 kilts. I know that you don't particularly like Sophie Skelton as Brianna. And hold on, time out. I Last episode, I said my problem wasn't necessarily with Sophie Skelton. I think I've come to realize that. 304? 304, 305, doesn't matter. Oh. I, I don't think it's Sophie Skelton. I just think it's the writing for Sophie. I think she's been, giving, been given a lot of uh, exposition to handle. And I, I think she has been a character that has been only playing off other people never doing something for herself until this episode when number one she smells the pipes that was for herself that was amazing again pants off moment it was awesome but she also gives the thing to roger with the the boston cream and the and the lobster rolls and and she has this moment with him that is for her that I just is want for to her, give her relationship.
0: Brie a big hug i just want to give her a big hug
1: so i know that, so that is that is what it is anyway but I have to say that I think she was very moving in this episode. I agree, Meredith. Although she could have done it more diplomatically, diplomatically. Watch that word. Wow, geez.
0: We, Oof. we haven't even been drinking.
1: I know. <laughs> I think she was right to leave Harvard. I believe that she was majoring in history because she thought it was what Frank would have wanted. She didn't really want to be a historian. Mm-hmm. And even if she had, knowing all that history is being repeated in some cases, change would certainly discourage her. Yep. I know that it would for me. What Brianna is, is an engineer. I liked that Brianna decided to st- uh, start f- <laughs> start fresh with a new major next fall. At least that's the implication. I also really liked that at Frank's ceremony, she was wearing a dress mm-hmm. resembling a Scottish tartan. Yep. Yes, good job. She's trying to be Brianna Randall and Brianna Fraser at the same time. Amazing. Again, Meredith, half lives. Yes. Half lives. Love. She has a half lives and she can't figure out which one she wants to be. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I also thought she could have been... Petty about Claire wanting to go. She could still blame Jamie for interrupting Frank's and Claire's marriage, and she certainly could have made it hard for her mother to leave. And of course, with everything that could have happened to her in another century, Claire did tell her about the witch trial and probably some of the attempted rapes, and there are several illnesses that she could catch. I know that Claire could probably get every vaccination known to the modern world, but sooner or later, most of them wear off. There's nothing to prevent cancer or heart disease either. Brianna is basically setting her mother adrift, hoping she would be happy despite everything. She's rather admirable to put on such a brave face for her mom. And she really liked the scenes with Joe Abernathy. He obviously became a great surgeon, just like Claire. Blake, I know you were a bit surprised by that part with the skeleton. All I can say is, stay tuned.
0: I like that.
1: I have rather mixed feelings about the use of batman theme music, but considering the fact that this might be the last time to use modern music in Outlander, I'll let it go.
0: Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Christine gave it a four point eight. She said she loved every minute of it, loved all what everyone else loved and what they hated too. I can't give it a five. I just wanted one line from Claire when she was being attacked by Sandy Candy. I offered Frank a divorce ten years ago, but he didn't want it. That's what she wanted Claire to say. Yes. She wanted Claire just to like be like, yo, listen,
1: try. Yo, it. Just bitch. one line and a cold <laughs> in shoulder line.
0: were all I needed, followed by the conversation with Bray. Now this epic wait for 306. So her good was the slow burn of Roger and Bree. They finally had the time to build their relationship. Roger is just a good man. And it was so awesome to seek Rick Rankin rocket. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Christine gave her bad to, now that Clint has gone back to the 18th century, she's so sad that maybe we won't see any more of Brie, Roger, and Dr. Joe anymore this season or ever.
1: Well, I got a feeling and we're going to see all of them I got again. A Christine
0: is giving her great to Brie becoming Claire's daughter in this episode. We ended last season with her learning that she's Jamie's daughter. And we spent most of this season with Frank spoiling her so she would love him more. And now she realizes she is her mother's daughter. She is strong, independent, smart, and loving. Brie will find her way in this world, especially with a mother and role model like Claire. So um, really fun. Really fun, Christine. Yes,
1: great. From Barbara, she says, hi, just a word about Claire's makeup being a mask. Mm Mm-hmm. Claire's makeup has been, uh, has been, perf- a perf- oh my goodness. <laughs> Claire's makeup have been perfection for 1968. I was a teenager in 1968 and this is how makeup was done and it was perfect. Sorry, but you got it wrong.
0: Oh my god, I wasn't meaning like a mask like it was gross and she looked like <laughs> Batman or a mask. I meant in a non-literal sense.
1: Yes, a figurative a
0: figurative like
1: sense like Batman wears a mask. So when Claire takes off the makeup and does the hair and does everything and with the Batman music what you know it, who they is should have Claire? actually
0: had the Mulan when will my reflection show who I am inside? <laughs> As she washed her face with some Christina Aguilera coming on, you know, like, look at me. I will never pass for the perfect mom <laughs> or the perfect wife to Frank. And she's like wiping her face off. And those of you who've never watched Mulan, hold on tight, spider monkeys, because this is coming at you. Um, those of you who have watched Mulan, you know, you're gonna, I'm, you're I'm doing, gonna doing the best that I can. Appreciate this. Here we go. You've got to fast forward, Blake. Oh yeah, listen to that, 90s, 90s, babe Fast forward, she's got to walk the horse, she's got to go wash her face Just go to the midway mark Oh, I'm i got to go you. to the midway mark? Yeah, just go there, that's perfect There's Here we go I see staring
3: straight
0: back at Just picture me. bagpipes
3: is my <laughs> I oh.
0: So this is what I was meaning, Barbara Claire's reflection is someone she doesn't know. I cannot hide who I am, though I've tried. Yes. Someone needs to make a montage of Claire to this song. (laughs) Seriously. So that's all I was meaning was that, you know, Claire's trying her darndest, but it's not who she really is. She's not living the life. When will
3: my reflection?
0: Delicate vibrato. There you, go. Wow. there you go. Never noticed that. She's before. got a
1: Good, good Mulan, right there. There so, you go. So n- that's
0: what we went, Barbara. I'm not dissing that makeup. I love that makeup look. I'm actually going to be doing it soon. To be hashtag minute with Mary. That that cut crease. Oh yes. The eyeshadow. Going to do it. So Nina said, "Hey, if you really want to pay a soundbite during your show, quoting you know nothing, Jon Snow, it'd be pretty cool to have Sam say it sometimes."
1: You know what? She is right. You want to know why I know she's right? Because yes. she gave me the link, and guess what? What you know, nothing, Jon Snow. That is Sam playing, oh and from now on, that is going to be our you know, nothing, Jon Snow quote.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, on so many levels. So,
1: for one more time, just for you, you know, nothing, Jon Snow. Thank you very much for giving that to us.
0: Can we actually ask Sam and cat to do all of our sound bites <laughs> like Jurassic Park <laughs> and Hagrid? would oh, that be kind of amazing? <laughs> that'd be Maybe <great. laughs> we get enough say people saying, to treat
1: them. Sam saying, say it out loud.
0: <laughs> and then catch. Just, just picture it. <laughs> say it out loud. Oh my God. I can picture it. That's the problem. Oh I can. All right. We're going to take a quick break, guys. We're going to take a quick break.
1: Sorry, I'm still I'm still all about Sam giving me the Twilight oh sound. My God,
0: me too, me too.
1: <laughs> Just want to remind you that this episode, of course, is brought to you by Minute with Mary, where we don't wear masks.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: <laughs> we don't. We we actually. We, we, we promote Mulan and have fun with with, with makeup like that. <laughs> so
0: so for those of you who don't know, I have recently begun uh, a skincare and makeup business. Um, I have these talents that I didn't realize were talents because I've been able to do my friends' makeup and give them skincare advice for years. And it's been something that I've been able to do a lot of researching and working on. And now... I get to share with you and I get to have fun. I get to have fun because makeup is fun, guys. It, yes, is it is so much fun. If you want to do a mask for Halloween or if you want to just feel a little bit more confident or if you want to feel a little bold, I want to help you achieve that. So if you go onto Facebook and you search the hashtag MinuteWithMary, you're going to find my exclusive <laughs> VIP group. You're going to find some videos and pictures and you're going to find me. You're going to find me and I want to help you uh, you know, uncover some more confidence. So if you have skin issues with your face, if you're if you want to have a nice bold lip for the upcoming holidays, if you want to have some beautiful lashes, I want you to contact me. Or
1: if you want to look like Wonder Woman because Mary did an amazing did. Wonder Woman t- uh, tutorial I did for Halloween. So you could check or out just my wanna, products. or want to want to walk around and look like Diana Prince hey, all day every
0: day. Why, why not?
2: <laughs> you can find out
0: my website it's minutewithmary.com or you can search the hashtag minutewithmary.
1: I still, I still want Sam to, to, to say, we have to go back, Kate. Okay. Time Sorry. Time for our voicemails. Uh, yeah, you're ready for we the voicemails. We got you to call
0: in. Thank you so much, by the way. I'm already like preemptively saying thank you for calling.
2: <laughs> Hi, Mary and Blake. This is Kathy from Ohio. Oh, my gosh. Freedom and Whiskey. What an episode this was. I cried through the whole thing. It was just amazing. And it has five kilts from me. The good was Brie. Sophie's performance was so good this this time. She just really brought it out of the dark and um I just was I was in love with her for sure. Um it was good to see also Douglas Rice or Reese from Downton Abbey as the professor. Um he was you know, his American accent was really convincing. I'm not sure if he's an American or a Brit or what, but uh, it was good to see him too. The bad was second time Sandy's appearance at the event for Frank. Oh my goodness. I mean, how much longer do they want to twist the knife with us on that one? Um, I don't know whether it was for another point of view on the Claire Frank relationship or what. And the great, of course, was the end when Claire walked through the, or into the close and up those steps to the print shop. My heart was pounding the whole time and tears were pouring. It's even hard to talk about without wanting to (laughs) cry right now. Anyway, in the print shop, when she was coming in, she was on a level higher with the lighting around her. kind of made her look like she was coming in from heaven. And then, of course, Sam's performance, he was just absolutely floored. Literally. <laughs> so anyway, that's it from Ohio. Talk to you later. Bye.
1: Thank you, Kathy. Thank you for calling out the lighting. You can learn more about lighting and cinematography at our interview with Steve McNutt, Outlander Cinematographer. I think that was episode 95, I believe. Yes, I'm going to go 95. And also, yes, the guy from Downton Abbey, the one who loved Matthew Crowley's mother. That was, cr- I love this guy.
0: I know. He was so good. He's amazing. He just wanted her to stay with him. <laughs> he just, he's
1: just a happy little British dude. Truly.
5: I'm Blake. It's Teddy in New Jersey. Teddy! Hey, Teddy. You oh, guys are well. So, of course, I stayed up till 12.01, um, early Saturday, early Sunday morning, so I could watch the episode. And I love Voyager. I've said that before. And I really, really like this episode. It had its quirky moments. Um, I'll say the good was the developing relationship with Brianna and Roger, watching it unfold. There's more to go, but I did enjoy that. Um, I know that not everyone is thrilled with the portrayal of Brianna. I think I think it's okay. She's a young girl. She's idealistic. Um, she has a lot of feelings, and I'm okay with it. Okay. The bad was Candy, Sandy, Randy showing up. Maybe I should say Randy, Candy, Sandy showing up at Frank's memorial and being mean to Claire because I just thought that was so unnecessary. And I didn't like it. The great, well, there's a lot of greats I can talk to you about, but my first great was the puddle because the puddle was in the beginning, the four- the, whatever you call it, the foreword of the book, Um and I'm so glad they included it. Ron Moore did mention that afterwards, but I already knew that, of course. Um, I love the puddle transition. It was wonderful. Um, and the great was that this episode went much farther than I ever thought it would. I thought that it would end with her hand on the doorknob or the little bell ringing, And that would be, fate to black. But the fact that it went as far as it did thrilled me to pieces.
3: Mm
5: -hmm. Um, One last word. Sam Ewan's acting is growing on me. His body language was so perfect when he heard Claire's voice. His facial expression when he saw her. And, of course, his graceless (laughs) faint. Loved it. So, love you guys, love our podcast, and
1: goodbye. (laughs) Thank you, Teddy. Thank Thank you for calling in. Yes, Sam is really growing on on me. I'm really enjoying him as as Jamie. He's doing, again, that one moment of him being in the show, Mm -hmm. the the camera being Mm -hmm. so patient with this scene, and Sam not turning around so quickly and just... The whole Letting thing, it breathe. And, like, just falling. <laughs>
3: just, just
1: awesome. Just awesome stuff.
3: Hey, Mary. Hi, Blake. It's Suzanne from very northern Maine on the Canadian border. Um, calling about 305. Um, I started with three kilts, which was the lowest I've ever um, given an episode. But after the fourth time, I watched it. Wow. Which is crazy. But, um I'm up to 4.7 kills. <laughs> there you go. Uh, with the small amount off just because I'm so anxious to get to the next episode, um <laughs> I can't stand it. Anyway, I know. I know. my good is Joe and the bones. Um bones. and as your wife says, "Blake, hold on tight, spider monkey." <laughs> Blake,
1: Hold on. Say it out loud. There, there you go.
3: <laughs> um with your outlandish theory uh, of the week, whose bones do you think those are um, that were left in the cave in the Caribbean? Any ideas?
1: Yes, I, I do have an idea. That was my last outlandish theory of the week. I think it's Galus Duncan. I think it's Galus. That's my outlandish theory. Sorry.
3: Um, my good number two is Roger. Oh, my God. He's adorable. Yes. And um, he's just too cute for words. Um my bad Candy Sandy uh enough said <laughs> and enough of her. Um, <laughs> and Done. my great was everything from quoting Diana um from her prologue of Voyager um to Jamie Feining. Mm. Um, oh crap, here we go. So can't wait for the um adventure to come. And, uh, Blake, hold on to your, uh, non book reader's hat. Uh, you're in for a wild ride. Yes. So, um, as long as Ronald D. E. Moore gets it right, I think we're all in for a great ride. Um, anyway, this is Suzanne from Northern Maine. And thank you so much for your podcast. I love it.
1: Well, Bye. Suzanne, thank you. We love you. And thank you for listening. And I do have faith. Hashtag trust Ron. Hashtag trust Ron. That, yes. That's, that's all I'm going to say.
4: Hi, Mary and Blake, it's Donna. I've gone from liking this episode to loving it. Finally, we get a breakout episode for Sophie and Rick. Maybe this is due to some decent writing for them. I'm starting to feel the chemistry between Brie and Roger, which is much needed for any future seasons. My great, the taxi ride with Claire's voiceover about stepping in puddles, which is the prologue from Voyager. I love Diana's prologues, so they always give me great pause and hints. Of the journey I'm about to begin I just love the transition from 1968 to 1766 it was brilliant reminiscent of episode 201 Bravo Tony my bad watching Claire make that bat suit great idea I like the bat music but watching her construct that suit was unrealistic there's no way with Claire's sewing skills could she make a suit of that magnitude overnight and by looking at pictures of pattern pieces in a historical clothing book. My good were the little events that I felt helped to push Claire into rethinking her decision to go back. First was Joe. I have watched you live a half a life, and if you have a second chance at love, you should take it. Second, there was Sandy Cancy. Yep, I said those two words. Let me explain. It's not the who or the where, but what she said to Claire. He was the love of my life, and I wanted him. I would give anything to have just one more day. I think it made Claire stop and think. Thirdly, and most importantly, was Bree and Claire. Them sitting in that window seat, having an honest discussion, and finally connecting as mother and daughter. So my Kilt rating for this episode is 4.7. I'm sorry, but I too wish this episode ended at the bells. Have a good night, and talk to you later. Bye.
1: Thank you, Donna. I Thank love you. when you call in. You, you, I think, I feel like we're on the same page here. Yeah. Uh, and I love how we've suddenly coined this phrase, <laughs> "Sandy Candy," or "Candy Sandy." Either one, it doesn't matter to me. But I, I just, I get, I take so much pleasure that in leg hair. Both of these, both of these two phrases, they're have, now
0: like out on the internet. They, they, like, like other people are
6: saying they're it.
1: using them, "Sandy Candy" or "Candy Sandy" and leg hair. Like this, just it just makes my day. All right, here's the last one.
6: <laughs> Hi, Mary and Blake. It's Angela Hickey from South Jersey. How you guys doing? This Hi. is my first time calling, so I hope I do. I hope I'm in time actually to do this. um I listen to your podcast. It's always great, so I enjoy it very much and I wanted to give a couple comments to each of you comments to each of you about some things you said um first to Mary uh that face that uh Brianna was making in the class. I don't think it was about that she didn't know the story. I think she knew the story. she's a history prof- uh a major as well as. Um, living in Boston. I think the face was because um, it just hit her in that moment that history's record and truth is not always the same. And it's something that she might have abstractly knew before, but now it really hits home. She knows her father's in that time, um, and she knows her mother was living that time, and that, you know, her own history is now different than what she always thought it was. So it it really kind of struck her hearing that story, and I think that was what her face was about. Um, to Blake, I had two things to say to Blake. One, the premise that you're working on regarding gay lists, She was supposed to die. She just was supposed to have the baby first and then be burned. And that's why, um, you know, Colm only said that the baby was saved, not her. Um, they just waited till after the baby was born. And also, um, that's why Claire is still trying to save her at the end of season two finale. You know, she's still under the premise that Gay was burned after the baby was born. So just to let you know that. And also I wanted to tell you real quick, Blake, my husband is also just a show watcher. He's my guinea pig. And um, he had the same reaction about the fainting that you did. He, As soon as he fainted, he just burst out laughing. And he said, oh, my God. King of men, strapping Jamie Fraser, just fell on his ass on the floor. and How awesome is that? He goes, that is the best thing ever. So he really loved it, too. It must be a man thing, liking to see Jamie reduced to the floor in a puddle. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys, and have a great night. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Angela. Thank
1: you, Angela, for calling in. That was the first time she's called in. I really do appreciate that. Listen, just because Galus was supposed to die after she had the baby doesn't mean that she did die after she had the baby. If there's one person on this planet that I feel like has the ability to get away from authorities or use her manipulations or her machinations to save her own life, Galus is that one person. That's just my opinion. My my one humble opinion. And that is why I stand by my outlandish theory of the week.
0: I'm just saying interesting. And that
1: it is Galus's bones that we're going to see. Just saying. All right, my darling, are you ready for the tweet of the week?
0: Yes, ready.
1: Okay, let's do it. <laughs> All right, this one goes to at FRBerkeley4, Francine Berkeley. And Francine says, two weeks? No, too much freedom and not enough whiskey. <laughs>
0: Seriously. Seriously. <laughs> yes.
1: Too much freedom, not enough whiskey to hold us over for two weeks in between this mini little Troutlander. But just think of this, though. You went an entire year without Outlander. Yeah, You can make it with just two weeks. Of waiting, I feel like you can do it. It's like a bye week in football, you know. Like, yeah, y- 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 it sucks. Like, it sucks when you're in the middle of it, but then it goes by, and there, yeah, football again.
0: Do something special, you know. We're having an event in Rhode Island. It, go see a friend who you don't get to see, or come see us. Yes,
1: why not? Come do see something us.
0: Fun on Sunday.
1: Why not? Have a have a drink with us. I think that'd be fun. So, uh, congratulations to Francine Berkeley for winning this week's tweet of the week by winning the tweet of the week, you get a $25 gift card to so nice. D Turner designs as shop. She is amazing. Don amazing. Don is the best. I will put you in touch with her on Twitter and you will get the gift card and you can have anything that she can stamp and make And She's just phenomenal at what she does. So please go to D Turner designs and uh, check her out. So my darling, I think that's it. Do you have any other final thoughts before we let this one go? Um before we, we send this send episode three oh five off to the ether.
0: No, I'm just excited.
1: I, I you know I agree. I have one last thought that I didn't feel like we we hit enough upon, which was the struggle that Brianna is going through. Um with and in the line that she says, I tried to figure out whether or not I was a Randall or a Fraser and which of me was more one of the other. Yeah. And I realized that I was I was your daughter. And the your daughter thing was nice. It's very cute. It's it's a great line. You know, congrats to Tony Graffia for writing it. But I do feel like that struggle that she has between figuring out Randall or Fraser, her half life. I wish they leaned into that more. Just like That's I what wish you said last time. I know, and I said I wish they leaned into also more of her saying, "Tell Jamie about me." I wanted Brianna to hand Claire a picture of Brianna, you know, a picture of her and say, show this to my, to my father, mm-hmm. you know, not dad because Frank is dad. Yeah. But father is Jamie and I want him to know She's about she calling me. him
0: Jamie, but yeah, to like have that little <clears throat> distinction. Ooh, yes. You know
1: what I mean? And I, and I want this, I wanted her to, to, to really lean into this whole thing of, it, it almost it being selfish like okay if you're going to go back re- you're going to serve this purpose and i want my father to know about me mm-hmm. uh and like it's not selfish but it's just it's self-serving and that to me is a perfect reason for her to want claire to go it it goes into the history mm-hmm. it goes into the whole thing of uh the great publicists and you know letting the story be known Getting that story to her father, it all comes back to that theme of half-lives and, and stories intrudes in and history. It would have been a perfect tie-in for all of it altogether. Mm-hmm. We didn't get that. We didn't get enough of it, in my opinion. So that's just my final thought. Other than that, I loved this episode. Amen. Loved it. So are Amen. you ready to uh, close this bad boy out? Yes. All right, let's do it.
0: We want to have a big thank you to several of our patrons. If you're not yet a patron of Outlander Cast, you can learn more by heading over to patreon.com slash OutlanderCast. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash OutlanderCast. And guys, you're going to want to do it because we're going to be sending holiday cards and we're going to be sending some little presents and stuff. So if you're a patron, you're going to want to be excited. And If you're not yet a patron, you're going to want to become a patron. Okay, we want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Anne and Bobby and Peg and Sue and Keelan and Meredith and Liz and Dana and Nikki and Tara and Jennifer and Lauren and Heather and Marilyn.
1: Yeah, we've actually already heard from uh, from both Peg and now Keelan introducing these listener feedback episodes. You can too, if you would like, by becoming a patron of a certain level. I believe it is twenty dollars a month. It could be twenty five. I'm not exactly sure. Go to patreon.com slash outlandercast just to see. And also, while you're there, if you do so choose, you can listen to my chapter-by-chapter analysis of the first book of the Outlander series, Outlander. I will admit I have not done one in about a week or so. That is because I've been so consumed by season three that I've kind of put it off. But I promise, I do promise I'm going to get one out there very soon. And uh, and since it's the since it's the break week, I will do some more. I think I'll probably get at least three or four in.
0: Yeah, you will. uh,
1: Because of the break week.
0: Yes, you will. So
1: I'm actually looking quite forward to it.
0: Uh, Also, we wanted to let you all know that we're going to be having a very fun kickoff of giveaways. We're going to be having a giveaway every single week for the rest of the season. Starting things off, you're going to want to head over to OutlanderCast.com and click on the blog section because our associate editor, Janet, did an amazing interview with... With Gordon Gordon, Young of
1: Hamilton and Young, Mm -hmm. the, the great jewelry maker over on the Royal Mile. He is giving uh, the opportunity to us to give away a special bee pendant in celebration of Diana Gabaldon's new book. Tell it to—is it Tell It to the Bees or something like that? I, I forget. You just—you know—I know don't know. I'm not you a book reader. Nothing,
0: John Snow. I'm just going to say that. So <laughs> you know nothing. Where's John Sam? Now? Where's Sam? Oh, sorry. You That's know what? You you, you're right. It's, it's okay. You we'll get it next nothing, time. There he is. There he is. So, he is. <laughs> so this is going to be a weekly thing. Uh, we're going to be doing different giveaways. So head on over to OutlanderCast.com uh as of thursday to go check that out
1: yes why not that's it so our music disappeared we lost our music it
0: just (laughs) it didn't feel like it could compare to sam (laughs) it didn't feel it was like i but what can i do how can i compare with that nothing johnson that's what our music said so (laughs) ladies and gents my name is mary larson
1: and i'm batman (laughs)
0: <laughs> and you've been listening to Outlander Cast.
1: You know what? I Actually, hold on. me. No, we don't
0: need that music again. We don't need the Batman no, theme again? No, we don't. No. Okay, fine. It had its fun. It had its fun. We're I was going to play it again. Scotland. No. No?
1: No, thank you. Okay, no problem. Fine. All right, much love. Thanks, guys. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4 e or Summit 4 e.